You're listening to The Bloodline with LLS. We'll be joined by experts who will help us understand current issues and resources available to those diagnosed with blood cancer. Holidays and, you know, those things are, are, mean so much more now than they did prior to cancer entering our lives. This may potentially be a cure for some patients. We'll also be speaking with patients and caregivers who will share their cancer journey with us to better understand life after diagnosis and let you know you're not alone. Beforehand, my job was to earn a living for my family. My wife said to me, your job now is to live. And that's what I'm doing. I'm living my life the way I want to live it, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a much more fulfilling life. Let's get started. Okay, so I'm sitting down here with Stephen and Rebecca. Stephen was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and Rebecca is his wife. Thank you guys for joining me. Well, thank you for having us. We're very happy to be here. So tell us, why are we here? (laughs) We're here to reunite with some friends and, and also to give an update on how we've been over the years since the last time that we did the LLS video shoot. It's... So good to see some of these folks here again and just see how everyone has just been doing well. It's such an awesome experience to come back and see everybody again, especially with having children and being married. Yeah, (laughs) definitely things are very different now than when we did the video originally. Yeah. When we did the video, we weren't even married. We were married. I was pregnant. We had just found out and uh, we hadn't told people yet so people at the video show didn't know that she was pregnant at the time Uh but it's been such a special process because it's i feel like we've all gone through the different stages in life together Mm -hmm. we were diagnosed in 2010 Mm -hmm. but started coming to the meetings in In 2011 and it was just you know we were young and single and and we've all sort of yeah um, it certainly evolved yeah from that point and Certainly when we were doing the video, who would have thought that we would be here now with two kids and, you know, happy and and most importantly, healthy. Looking back five years ago, when we first did this first video Mm -hmm. and looking at us now, like, does any part of you think, oh my gosh, I never would have thought that this would be what it would look like in five years. I mean, it was the whole process for us, Uh you know, we had been dating four months when Steven got diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, initially when they give you that diagnosis with ALL, mm-hmm. you have a four-year protocol. And it's like the four years is just daunting, you know, it's just how long and everything that he went through. And for us, at least for me, it was just so special. The day that we found out I was pregnant was his last chemo. Oh, my god! And it was sort of like the next chapter in yeah. our lives. And the fact that, you know, we were able to get pregnant yeah. and have... Two healthy pregnancies and two healthy kids. Their kids are beautiful, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. We just feel very blessed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. When he was diagnosed, you guys were dating for four months. Yeah. So how was that being the partner? Were you you thrown into this crazy world of, what do I do next? Or was it just kind of this thing where you're like, we're going to do this together? Well, it's funny, actually. She met my parents in the hospital. In the emergency room. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, We were scheduled to meet them, like, in a few weeks. He was going to take me to entry me to his parents and then you know he started having shortness of breath and we went to the emergency room and that's sort of when everything wow. happened so. so that is quite yeah. the experience right? but no for us I mean uh, you know I always knew there was never a question in my mind that yeah. we were going to get through it together yeah. And, yeah and how much does attitude play a part in getting through something like this certainly it plays mm-hmm. a huge part 
I was fortunate in that I had a very strong support system. She was by my side throughout the entire process. And I had my parents as well and other family and friends. And it, it was certainly inspiring. And, and I had people um, that were very much rooting for me. So, I mean, it helped me to get through it yeah. um, because it's a tough experience. I mean, there were many, many uh, dark days. We were in and out of the hospital. I was probably in the hospital almost 20 times over the stretch mm -hmm. and some for long time periods. Yeah. I spent a Christmas mm -hmm. uh, in the hospital. It was a very a tough experience, but with having positive attitude and positive people around you, it absolutely helped to get me through it. Yeah. And seeing others that had come out on the other side, you know, went through the same rough treatment in mm -hmm. this group, but now completed all the treatment yeah. and just were moving on with life, I thought mm -hmm. was very helpful for us. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you know, I thought that, all right, well, this is going to define what my life is, mm -hmm. but, you know, after having gone through it and past it i don't think about it much at all it is part of my history that has um helped to inform me you know my way of thinking going forward but certainly it is not something that defines me and, and um it's definitely been an interesting learning experience but i'm glad to be well past it now we were talking to one doctor and she was saying, you know, this is one of those clubs that nobody wants to join, but right. once you're in it, that right. you have to have the right. attitude of, I mean, you this know, is, we're gonna get through it, we have it's to. one of those clubs that, you know, like, all right, you know, it's okay, I'll take a pass on that one. But, yeah, you know, yeah. Once and you're in it though, you gotta enjoy it. <laughs> you gotta put the best out of it, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing, I mean, at LLS we have, I don't know if you're familiar with LLS community. Have you guys heard of uh, that? No, actually. No? Okay, so LLS community is online social platforms. Mm. And people create profiles, they have questions of the day, people can answer it, interact with each other. Cool. But it's created because we know that people need that community. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get a diagnosis, you either kind of shut yourself <laughs> off because you just don't know how to like handle the gravity of the situation. Right. But it's so important to know that these resources exist so that people can tap in and ask questions and mm -hmm. be around other people who push through and can actually give you a success story. So mm -hmm. community is so important when it comes to something oh, yeah. like that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and that's why this group been fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I mean, it, this is just being around some of these folks and uh, speaking with them and learning about their uh, experiences, their reactions, their ups and downs that they've gone through, it, it certainly helps. They have inspired me. Yeah, and I know that when he was going through treatment and you go to the hospital, it's a lot of times it's older patients that are there. Mm -hmm. So you look around mm -hmm. and it's, you know, a, a different type of patient. You're not seeing somebody that looks like you or that's going through the same the same stage in life and has the same questions. Mm -hmm. I remember we got excellent education here as far as fertility questions mm -hmm. and how to address fertility questions. And, you know, it's not something that was addressed initially with the first doctor that he went to, but we got a lot of resources here about it. So with the first doctor I'm not mentioning, because that's actually an interesting point, we were speaking with other young adults and they were saying, sometimes they go to that first doctor who doesn't bring it up, so then they think, okay, well, if he didn't bring it up, then I guess that's not something that... No. That's what happened with us. The first doctor never mentioned anything about that to us. And, and uh, so we took the initiative. We actually got up out of the hospital bed and went to a place to have that taken care of. Yeah. 
And I don't know if you remember that, but when she walked into the room to diagnose you, mm-hmm. she said, okay, you have acute lymphoblastic leukemia and there's a lot of side effects. And she turned to you and she's like, but you're never going to have children. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Which and, was, and, and I know. And then at that point, we started doing research. My brother yeah. mm-hmm. found a place I was nearby after I told him that. He said, no, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can go do something about it. Yeah, and uh, we did. Wow, and that's so important to hear because, Mm -hmm. again, people get that news and they're like, "Well, the doctor knows better." But then there's this quote I remember on one of our podcasts where a doctor said, "There's two experts in the room. There's the doctor, but then there's also you who know what you want and know how you feel." You absolutely have to be informed and Mm -hmm. and responsible for your own care. You you always have to ask questions. You always have to understand what's happening and what your options are. Yeah. You, and, and you always have to make those decisions based upon your own thought process. You yeah. know? So, you, yeah. so you have to be your own expert there too. Yeah. Your own advocate. Your because, own advocate. Absolutely. Because even the second doctor, which we went, he had only had one round of chemo with the first doctor. And the very first question, and that's why I love him, mm-hmm. was, you know, have you taken precautions? You know, there's still, even though you've had one round of chemo, you can still go to a sperm bank and there's different resources. Mm-hmm. And we told him what that first doctor had said mm-hmm. and he got so angry. Yeah, that's and a horrible like, thing to like, say. He's like, I don't know that. Nobody knows that. Exactly. Nobody knows that. You can go through several rounds of chemo and you still can, you know, you're, you can still procreate. There's no scientific evidence that yeah. it's conclusive. Nobody yeah. can say that. And nobody knows. So to have that be the stance initially, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. But, you know, a lot of times as a patient, you do take what the doctor says. Exactly. As, you know, well, they know best. You know, I'm not going to question them. <clears throat> but I think so that's why. I mean, especially so for the younger patient. And that's also why, like you said, it's important to be informed so that you know that you can ask those questions. Yeah, sure. That's a really great point. Mm -hmm. So we're actually talking today because we will be filming the next video, kind of a where are they now reunion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So for those listening to this podcast, as a patient and as a caregiver, as a husband and wife, what is one thing that you want to just leave with the listeners when it comes to being diagnosed, getting the news that you get and how to push forward? Being your own advocate, being positive throughout the process and Surrounding yourself with people that have that same attitude and are supportive. Definitely ask questions. I would stay away from the internet. I mean, there's, there's just <laughs> it's like your best way, and worst friend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't do the research through the internet, then, right. but certainly talk to people. Right. You know, a controlled and, search. <laughs> right. And, and, and if you have the opportunity to participate and talk to other people that either have gone through it or are going through it. I think that is one of the best things to do. Yeah. Because then you see that you're not in this by yourself. And that's really the focus of our Patty Robinson Kaufman First Connection program. And what it is, is someone will call our IRC, you tell them exactly what you're looking for, and they'll connect you with somebody who's in a similar situation that's now a volunteer that can then share their story and can ask the questions, what did you do at this point? Mm -hmm. What questions did you ask? But it allows people to have that connection and not feel like they're lost and they don't know. Because a lot of times when you're diagnosed, we were talking with one of the guys here, and when you're diagnosed, you may be the only one in your group of friends that even know anything about blood cancer so to have that resource where they can say okay well i'm looking for somebody my age diagnosed with this four months in Mm -hmm. and then have that conversation i think is really is so important absolutely no i agree i think just know that 
it is something that's happening to you, but there's life beyond cancer. Mm -hmm. And yes, you know, some things may change once you've had cancer and you have to adapt, but you, you get a whole new appreciation for life. Yeah. And you just have to look forward to what you're going to do beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. After diagnosis comes hope, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you guys so much for sitting down with me. <laughs> thank you for having us, Sam. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I, I, I wish anyone listening to this all the best of luck and keep on fighting. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to The Bloodline with LLS. We can be found on iTunes and other great podcatchers. You can subscribe at www.thebloodline.org. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Keep up with LLS by following us on Twitter at LLSUSA and Facebook at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Until next time. <laughs>